This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. This is Vince Russo's The Brand. I am Vince Russo, and you're not. This is Don Juan, and you're not. This is a bucket full of chicken necks. It is the 13th of September, 2023. It is a a cool 51 degrees in Colorado right now, man. Fall is right around the corner. I hope everybody is having a great start to their day-to-day, man. And I hope your day-to-day is like no other day. And it's filled with joy and it's filled with happiness. And it's filled with reward and love, peace, and understanding and all that good stuff. Today, bro, we got a very, 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 very special show. Because four years, man, since the first time, and you, you guys know this is no bullshit because you watch the show. You know the first time I ever saw Wyndham Rotunda on TV in the Bray Wyatt character. I absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, fell in love with the dude. I fell in love with his character. Um, I fell in love with with The Fiend and The Funhouse and everything this guy did. And as a writer, I understood that his, his genius was just way beyond anything that WWE creative could 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 match. So rather than be an aid to him and raise him up, what they did in return, bro, was they kind of pulled him down to their level because they 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 just weren't at his level. That's what happens, man, to a lot of great performers. You have to write up to their level because they're so good, man. You've got to keep raising that bar every week. If you don't write up to their level, then you're going to start bringing them down. That's why you heard me say so many times, man, if there was one guy I could have ever written for, it was him with without a shadow of a doubt, man. A, a collaborating with that dude um, would have been an absolute uh, dream for me. Now, I never had a conversation with uh, Wyndham. I did not know him personally. I did have the um, um, the honor of exchanging a couple of DMs uh, with him because I wanted him to know uh, how special I really, really, really thought he was, and he was nice enough to get back to me. But today, man, I want to bring in a special guest who goes way back with uh, Wyndham Rotunda uh, before you know there was a Bray Wyatt, the very, very, very early stages of his career to to really try to get into the psyche and what type of a special individual um, he was. And who, who, who better to give it to us than another uh, special individual, another gifted individual who is returning to the show with me today, the great Sin Bowdy. What's up, Sin? How are you doing, my friend? I'm good. How are you? My mom calls me special all the time, too. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Look, what time is it by you, Sin? 
Uh, it is 7 and 12 minutes in the a.m. Pacific Coast time. And look how attractive you look at 7 a.m. Look at you, bro. Look at you. Sexy Santa Claus. When it, when it, when it doesn't put the clown paint on, it just, it, it's all downhill from here. Bro, you look like you're – unlike Vince McMahon, uh, you look like you're ready to enter a beauty contest, bro. Ah, uh, shucks, do go on, <laughs> bro. Have you seen? But we, we'll we'll get to uh, we'll get to Bray, you know, in a minute because I can't wait to have this conversation with you. Sure, bro. What's what's going on with Vince? <laughs> like, bro, I can every now and then, bro, a, 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 a random picture of the new Vince will pop up on my screen, and I swear, I go, ah! bro, what he's got, bro. Listen, sin, you're my age. A lot of people won't understand this reference. But, bro, the guy's got Phyllis Diller eyebrows. Okay, bro? He's got this Claw Gable mustache. He He's dying his hair where it just blatant. I mean, bro, it literally looks like it's painted on. I mean, Sin, listen. Sin, how old are you? I just turned 50 last weekend. You just turned 50 last weekend. Beautiful looking man for 50. Bro, I have no problem with my gray, and I know I'm going to get the crow, and I know my my face is going to get wrinkly. I got no problem with any of this. What is going on with Vince's look, bro? Well, you know, it's uh, so, again, it's, it's what now? It's 7, thir- 7 and 13 in the a.m. Uh, Pacific Coast, Pacific Coast time. So my brain and the, the few sips of coffee that I've had, I, I will get more intelligent as I go. But I have to say that Vince's mustache, to me, is the it's the perfect villain. It's like he's going to go tie a damsel in distress to the train tracks. It is, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, that just speaks to that, that you know, you know when Kane or, or Undertaker were a monster healer, Bray Wyatt was a monster heel. They weren't backpedaling, you know, they weren't doing the honky-tonk man kind of backing up and getting to their knees and whatever. But with that mustache, it's got that backup written all over it like that. Yeah. You know? Oh, my God. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I, love it. I love it. It's it's the greatest heel mustache of all time. Like, best baby face mustache, is, I think there's a tie. There's a clear tie. And, again, an old old reference. Magnum P.I. Uh, tied with Jake the Snake which I always would bug Jake, like uh, Jake's my good brother. I mean, he officiated my wedding. I mean, I've, I've been friends with him for about a quarter of a century. And I always would joke with him. I'm like, man, you are the greatest Magnum P.I. impersonator of all time. And he'd go, fuck off, brother, brother, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Yeah, no, but, yeah, but bro, I, yeah, I think you meant Magnum, Magnum T.A.? Well, Magnum P. Oh, but, uh, you know what? Like, yeah. Why don't we throw in, why don't we have a three-way there with, yeah. with Magnum P.I.'s ma- mustache? Uh, Magnum T.A.'s mustache and Jake yeah. the Snake's mustache. Yeah, Magnum T.A. had a nice one, bro. He had that nice baby face yeah. mustache going, bro. If, if you wanted to throw, you know, first there was like the singles matches. And then like, I think I was I was Jake the Snake's very first three-way match ever. He's like, brother, I never did it. I never need to do that goofy stuff, you know, whatever. But nowadays with the five-way scramble, I would say Jake's mustache versus Magnum T.A.'s mustache versus Magnum P.I.'s mustache. And why don't we throw in Hogan and Sheik? And there's a, there's your five-way scramble of mustaches. Very I mean, nice. Very I nice. How do you get better than that? 
Well, Sin, listen, man, I want to go in. I want to go back in time with you, man, to get a little insight into a sure. Wyndham Rotunda. Bro, God, it, it is so hard to call them Window Rotunda, but I believe, bro, like, bro, when somebody passes, we, we, we got to stop with the gimmick name to show them the proper respect. But it's so difficult with him, bro, because he was Bray Wyatt. Like, like that's who the dude was. I mean, there's no question about it. But again, sure. I don't like that when somebody passes. We got to recognize them for the man uh, that they were, and 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 he was Wyndham Rotunda. But bro, you go way, way back. So, you know, take me, take me through the story, sin of you know when you first met him. What type of a human being this was? What what you saw? I, I just want to get your your you know introspective of who this guy was. Sure. And and uh, just how you said that, you know, Wyndham was Bray, you know, when you're that talented, you know, people like the fans blur the lines like, you know, uh, again, to use a super duper old school, almost just about as old as the Clark Gable reference that you used. <laughs> my, that was my dad's favorite, by the way. Um, you know, like people thought George Reeves was Superman or, you know, people like, oh, that's Captain Kirk. It's not uh, it's going to call him George Hamilton, but it's uh, uh, William Shatner, William, William, William Shatner yeah. you know stuff like that or even peewee herman and paul rubens like it's yeah. one and the same and and i remember just having to you know just kind of understanding some of the the legal process with with wwe like um there's certain ways where you know people become those characters legally like they, there's a term called breathing life so like you know if if they decided to hire a new guy to play bray wyatt tomorrow well it just wouldn't fly like a you know as if you're casting a new spider-man movie it's it's breathing life into something. Wait a minute. Hold on, bro. I'm throwing down a red flag on you right away. You mean to tell me fake Razor and fake Diesel weren't over with you, bro? Come on now. Come on, Sin. Well, you know, I, I, li- I liked them both in real life. and and uh, But, yeah, I, I, think, I think it's such a funny, creative, slippery slope with all that. But, I mean... You know, legally, I guess, yeah, you can you can replace Spider-Man or you can replace Razor Ramon or whatever. But really, you know, it's always the, the original is best. Yeah. And, and 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 they've sort of grandfathered in something that people are, are playing off of. So everybody is not only trying to do something better, but they can't help but use the original as. As sort of a, a jumping off point, you know, right, like right. So I'm sure there's plenty of musicians Plenty, plenty of heavy metal musicians that could musically play circles around Black Sabbath as good as they are. But Black Sabbath is the world famous band because they were the first. They were the OGs of that sort of dark, dark rock and roll, you know, right, that right. spooky rock and roll. So, <clears throat> you know, there was certainly scary characters before Bray Wyatt, but he definitely made it his own. And he was he was a very creative guy, very charming guy. Um, he always had a smile like I. I, I joke and I say sexy Santa Claus, but I always kind of thought about him as like a, as a, a jolly Santa Claus. He, has, he always had those rosy cheeks, like those, like those, those uh, Santa Claus Christmas cards and stuff where you see him, you know, and you know, he's holding a big giant candy cane or he's on the, on the, the, the sleighs or whatever. And he had those rosy cheeks and always the big smile, like for like the Macy's parade and all that kind of stuff. So see, he was always where, very, where, very where, where sweet. In, yeah. Where and when did you first cross, cross paths with him? Uh, so I met, uh, Wyndham at the WWE uh, developmental system FCW in Tampa, Florida. And uh, if I remember correctly, he was hired kind of straight off the gridiron. Like he didn't, he was never in a ring. Like he was hired, you know, I want to say due to lineage, which is perfectly cool. That's right. what an awesome leg up to have. I wish I was 
the legit son of Jake the Snake instead of the the bastard adopted, you know, adopted son of the snake or what, little what brother about of the snake. If, what about if you would have had the opportunity to be the adopted son of the Disco Inferno? Would you have accepted that or just turned that down flat? Oh, you know what? I just would have switched industries right there. I would have been a mailman or, <laughs> or an underwater shoelace tire or something, you know, anything but a wrestler. I never mind the disco in front of Yeah, bro. Se- second generation a wrestler, with, you know, without a shadow of a third, doubt. Third, third. third. That's right. Third generation. Yeah. And also, bro, but he was an athlete because from, from you know, the research I've done, he played football. Yeah. So, like, the, you know, he, he was an athlete. He had the lineage. I, I want to ask you this uh, uh, before you get a little further in, Sin. Sin, uh, you 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 have worked with many second and third generation wrestlers, bro. Was there just something that that was just there that kind of made them stand out, gave them a head start because of the bloodline and the upbringing they had? I think with with having a bloodline, every, every second third generation wrestler that i've had the privilege to be around and or be in the ring with they they inherit something and it's it's got a leg up on everybody else but it also puts them in that whole like you know big shoes to fill bracket that that maybe a newcomer doesn't have to deal with like i remember no offense to richie steamboat He's a great athlete. He was a good worker, but or he was a good, you know, good wrestler. Let's 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 table that word worker because that's a few and far between uh, usage these days. But great, great athlete, good wrestler. But when you're the son of the dragon, those are some pretty pretty darn big shoes to fill, you know. Or Joe Henning, um, Curtis Axel, great guy, good wrestler. But I mean, when you're the son of Mister Perfect, those are some perfect ass shoes you got to fill, you know. So yeah, that's yeah. that's some pressure. And I think with with Wyndham, he never he never struck me as that that was a pressure to him. He was very jolly, but at the same time, you could see. I guess with any decent artist, you could you can see a bit of the torment behind the smile. You know, um, you know. I think Jake is very much like that. I'm very much like that. I have a different handle on things. The way, the way like Jake and I are in some ways very similar, and then in some ways very different. But I always could kind of see that you know behind. Wyndham's smile was a little bit of a was a, a little bit of a demon, and bro, I, th- whoa, I think whoa. that's that's with every good artist, you know. Yeah. Now, now, bro, did he go out of his way? Because you know, bro, like you said, that there, there have been so many second generation wrestlers with so much pressure on them. I mean, you know, bro. I mean, I I still keep in touch with Eric Watts and you know the, the David Flares, bro. Even even Putchkeys, uh, Ivan Putchkeys' son. I yep, mean, yep. A, a lot of pressure. Now, do you did did he? Do you think he went in with the mindset of you know what, man? I don't even want people to know I'm Mike Rotunda's son. I, I want so. to create something totally, totally different. Whereas they they they're not going to put me and IRS together. Right. Yeah, I, I think he went out of his way. Like he was proud of his family. He was absolutely, you know, loved his uh, loved his little brother, loved his dad, and everybody else. But I think he very much kind of like Nicolas Cage. Like he could, Nicolas Cage could have easily rose the ranks of an actor as Nicolas Coppola, mm-hmm. but instead he kayfaved and went with Cage. So you know, Wyndham I think was very much like that. He had no interest in being, you know, the next guy. You know, in entitled to a, a lineage spot. He wanted to be his own person, 
and he was very creative. He's always asked questions. And like, I was joking with, with Jake the other day saying like when we were talking about uh, Wyndham and when he had first arrived, um, I think a lot of guys kind of balked because he wasn't like, he didn't have the greatest footwork. He, you know, he was, you know, didn't, didn't look like Hercules or anything like that. So I think a lot of guys were kind of like, all right, what's going on here? You know, or did, did this guy just get hired because of whatever? And but he proved everybody wrong very quickly. Like but, yeah, he but, was very but, sweet and he worked I, really hard. I gotta ask you this though, Sin, because you know how the business is. Um, so at the beginning, when that's what they're seeing, is is there a little bit of you know, ribbing going on. I mean, is there a little bit of resentment because he's got the bloodline? I mean, what was, what was the feeling towards him early on? So I think, you know, I guess we all have different stances and we all change our minds. That's the beautiful thing about growth Mm -hmm. and development and maturity. Like I remember, I, I vividly remember, um, just before I had actually started pro wrestling and I was, you know, I was a bouncer, I was a tournament martial artist, all this kind of stuff. And as I was just, just getting my toes wet into this industry and I would watch raw SmackDown, And every time I'd see, you know, attitude era stuff like, or, you know, turn of the century. Right. And, you know, I think a lot of us were like, Oh man, look at some of these like eye candy girls just taking up the spots of all the, the guy, the wrestlers that are working hard and whatever, or, or fast, even fast forward, like I remember when uh, Snooki got a, a spot on WrestleMania. There's all these wrestlers across the world that are just busting their asses for a spot that they're never going to get on WrestleMania. And then this this girl comes along and just is dumped into it for whatever. So at, at, in one position, one stance you're going to take in life as a wrestler is like, oh, man, F her. You know, she just fell into this where we're all busting our asses. But at the same time, like, you can't help what the universe gave you. You know, if the universe gave you lineage, if the universe gave you six foot ten, no matter how hard I work out, never going to change my six one into a six ten. I would love to be Undertaker's height. I would think that would be awesome to be six ten, you know, or be built like Batista or whatever. You know, so you kind of have to quickly outgrow the, hey, well, what about me? You have to just handle your own business. And I, I think Wyndham was was so charming that that didn't last very long at all. Like some people are like, look at this guy. But they quickly realized. He was sweet and he did the work like he didn't phone anything in, like he didn't just show up. So I guess the the short answer to your question is he didn't just show up and just assume that role of like, well, hey, I'm entitled. I'm third generation. So give me a paycheck like he wanted to work like he asked questions relentlessly. Like I think he liked my he liked my silly character. So he would always kind of follow me around and go, why do you do this? Why do that? (laughs) Make me explain it like a little kid, you know? That's what I want to ask you, Sin. That's what I want to ask you with your character. Now, bro, everything, you know, and like I I said, man, I've seen pictures of of a very, very younger Wyndham Rotunda. Um, you know, I mean, you know, bro, they, 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 they put that Husky Harris character on him. Everything I hear, jovial, nicest guy in the world making everybody laugh. I got to ask you, bro, with, with, with the character you have perfected, bro, when this guy walked in the door, did not want any special treatment, even though he was second generation work, like everybody else busted his ass, bro. Could you have ever, when, when you first are seeing this, could you ever have imagined 
a Bray Wyatt character coming from him? Uh, to be honest, no. Um, I, so when I first started uh, riding with Jake and kind of being under his wing, and he he would have this saying that he knew talent. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, I'm not wasting my time with you. There's something there. I think Vince will really like you. Let's just kind of fine tune you and polish you a little bit. But I think there's something really there. And but that was his thing is I know talent. The it factor. The I say it all the time. The it factor. Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so over the years as, as a wrestler, as a coach, I think, and especially like to the, again, to this day, like Jake and I are as thick as thieves. And so I'll use that same line. Like when I'm looking at a seminar or teaching a class or I'm at a show and, and they know that I help, you know, kind of keep my eye out on prospective talent and whatever, like had, had guys trust me to give them good Intel on, on the, this indie landscape i'm sort of like the bull durham of pro wrestling at this stage of the game or mm-hmm. you know every weekend i'm in there with some good guy some local bad guy and giving them a, all right more of this less of this try this blah 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 and then i kind of give those those ideas back when i see somebody worth mentioning i'm like hey you should check this guy out hey look at this guy or whatever and so with with Wyndham, it was at first you didn't see any of that stuff you just saw this like this chubby kid that was sweet but he started asking questions immediately. He started working on things immediately. And he he didn't just ask to get over, like, hey, how was my match? Or, hey, what do you think? You know, like, he would ask specific questions, which tells me as a coach that he's thinking about this stuff. He's trying to improve, and he's asking somebody and hoping for good intel, you know. So uh, he would ask me like why I would do certain moves, why I would do this, how I, why I would move like this, why I would move like that. And again, I, I have to constantly reference Jake because like Jake would say everything was a tool to be utilized, mm-hmm. whether it was his hair, moving his hair out of the way or whatever. It was the snake bag. It was the fans. It was how he grabbed the ropes and then sit in the turnbuckles and all the different states, look around and just everything, how he stroked his mustache, you know, all the stuff, all that stuff. And I would explain that to him. And I said, like, there's no wasted movement in there. You don't have to be interesting. Uh, you, you don't have to just do spots to be interesting. You have to be interesting to be interesting. So, like, you see wrestlers come to the ring and they're just kind of nonchalantly walk. They're like, hey, I'm here because they're maybe a little bit embarrassed or shy. And they, they just kind of wear their little, little little ring jacket and they, they just take it off normal. Like, come out with some showmanship. And then when you take off the jacket, make it a big deal. Like remember watching gorgeous George take 15 minutes to take his robe off and then get spritzed with that California air, you know, and all that stuff. Like it was a big production or like, I cannot stand when I see guys just throw their championship title belts down on the ground. Like you don't give a fuck about that belt. Why should any of the fans? Yeah. Like even even if you are to shell, like I'm this wild, you know, gnarly disheveled guy. If I was going to be walking through the ring with a belt, I would kind of hold it like it's a porcelain, you know, Fabergé egg or something. Right, right. You know, or you see these guys come with the glitzy robes and they just throw it down on the side of the mat. Well, like, why why would you go to some fancy suit shop and buy a ten thousand dollars suit and just throw it in the back seat of your, you know, your shit yeah. box or whatever? Yeah. You know, yeah. Handle handle your business with some decorum, like yeah. Then the, the military guys, they don't show up with dirty boots or whatever. They polish that shit and everything is pristine when they have all those like those bunk checks and all that stuff. The pillow and thing. Is every, 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 everything, everything means something. Everything yep. means something. Now, 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 Sin, were, were you there with him when you started to see this transformation into this character? So 
Because I, I, I know, the reason I'm asking you is I know there's a Sister Abigail story that you know I I I want to get into. So that's why I want to ask you did you did you did you start seeing a transition in the character? Yes, um, he didn't know what he wanted to do. The office didn't know what he would he should do. So he kept on throwing things against the wall, and then. I think the kind of the, the silly catalyst into the Bray Wyatt character was he's looking for something. He really liked that I was creepy and, and but I wasn't like a monster. Like I had some some layers, you know, I could be silly or I could be maybe not silly, but I, I could be flamboyant is maybe a better word for it. You know, just fun to hate. Like when you look at Cowboy Bob Barton, you don't see Bob Barton, you don't see silly, but you see flamboyant and whatever or. Adrian Adonis, you, you know, you you'd see you don't see silly, you see flamboyant, and you right. see but but, but but with you too though, I think I think with you and your character too, bro, you also see a level of like there's an intellect there, like you know yes. we we we've got this look, but it's very different in here. Yeah, I I, I never I never liked the idea of coming off as some some kind of caveman and some kind of buffoon. Like I wasn't thought of a, a brick of ice. I'm smart. Right. And, you know, almost like a masochist or a psychopath with a sense of humor. Right. Like, right. I, I love the scene. I love the scene in that Batman movie where uh, I always want to call him Heath Slater. When I, when Heath Ledger, um, <laughs> you know, he shows up to this meeting full of all these gangsters and they're like, you're crazy. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. You know, so I, I like that. We're like, am I playing with you? Yeah. Am I, am, I, am I way out to lunch or do I know everything that I'm doing? Yeah. Is there a method to my madness? And I think the eerie part is kind of wondering, like, where does this guy, where is his intellect start and stop? And where does his, where does his, his insanity sort of. Yeah. And bro, see, that's the beauty of it too, man. Sin, because that adds such another level and dimension to the character, bro, which is beautiful, which, which a lot of people can't pull off. But I see guys like you and I see guys like him and, and you mastered that. I appreciate that. Like I, like I was a big fan growing up. I was a big fan of missing link and I was a super huge mark for George, the animal steel. Uh, yeah. But I knew at a certain point, where do you go from there? You've got to have the layers of, you know, like to see George do his thing and you, know, you and all that yeah. stuff. It was awesome. And I loved it. And as a good guy or a bad guy, I loved it. But where, where does it, it, Stop. Like, you know, you always hear that saying, like, do you see this in the main event? And I, I could see George Steele in the main event, but as a brief kind of, you know, somebody right. to maybe get a baby face over or get a heel over or whatever. And then but for longevity, I don't know. So I think if you're not clever and savvy, I don't know that your character or lack, you know, lack thereof is going to have legs. So like did, he, be did, able he, to- did he start developing that? Like, so how, how what, what are the infant stages of the character? So he came up to me one day and he always, he always liked how I moved and how I, you know, I spoke and he liked the look. It was crazy and all that stuff. But he said, the office wants him to wear trunks. And he's like, look, bro, I'm, I'm a little like, I don't even realize, but I'm a little bit chubby. I'm like, yeah, I I realize, you know? And uh, so he's like, well, what do you think about uh, like maybe me wearing a singlet to kind of kayfabe that a bit? And I said, you're not going to fool anybody into thinking you're Rick Rude under that singlet. Right. go, Maybe why don't you, you know, I, I try to wear stuff that's going to be flattering to me, you know, like I'm not Brad Pitt. I mean, I'm close, but I'm not quite Brad Pitt. <laughs> right. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm a thick barrel chested wrestler. I don't have the widest shoulders. I'm kind of more like that Dr. Death, Steve Williams, kind of that blocky, yeah. you know, whatever. 
And like, so if I was to put on like a widely cut t-shirt, I would look scrawny. But if I wear these like high neck t-shirts, it makes right. my shoulders look bigger, right. you know? Yeah. And I, I, no matter what I ate, whether I, ate, you know, broiled chicken breast and steamed broccoli, or if I ate pizza every day, my, my tummy was always a little bit stubborn where I just had this, this finely aged little layer of baby fat where I didn't look good next to a, you know, somebody with 20 abs or whatever. So I would wear the butcher's apron. So it was, it looked cool, but it was really more of just a belly cave favor. So yeah. it was just something to hide my weaknesses and, and play forward my strengths. So I said, so you like, kind of, you, yeah, you, it's so you, you, you plant this seed in his head based on, based on your character. And I, I would say, I, I your would would you say your body types were similar? But I I I, I see I, I didn't see him back then. Were you more muscular than him at that point, or was it similar? I I was I was more of that more in that sports entertainment physique. Yeah, Not got like I, I wish I I wish I was more of that, but I yeah. was like Bray was a is a thicker dude than I am. But yeah. he was naturally just a, just a kind of he just had a bulkier, bigger bigger tummy than me. But but also bigger shoulders. I mean, he has shoulders like basketballs. You know, he's a big big boy. You know, and also too, bro. I would think he's very young at this age. So I yeah. I would think his body is not even fully yeah. developed yet at this age. No. Right. And I mean, his family. I mean, all the all the dudes in his family are huge. Like uh, Blackjack Mulligan was like I don't know. He was like eight feet tall or something. He was like what yeah. six ten or something. You know. Yeah. yeah. You know Barry Windham, uh, Mike Rotundo. I think Bo Dallas was the only one that was smaller and, and he's not small. Like, but I want to say Bo is like gotta be six, one, yeah. 200 plus and, pounds. And it's funny with, with everybody you mentioned with the, with the exception of Bo, they all seem to have that body type. Yeah. Big, yeah. big burly guys. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's so weird too, because just on a side note, like I've been in the ring with all, just about all those dudes. I never got to ring with blackjack, but IRS, uh, Mike Rotondo was one of my producers when I was wrestling on SmackDown. He's he's awesome to me. He was such a great guy. I helped break in Bo Dallas. Like I had his first handful of matches. Uh, I remember he was so freaked out to work off the fly. And I'm like, don't worry, I got you. Let me, let me, let me do that for you. I've been in there with Barry Windham, you know, holy moly. And that dude is huge. He's fucking big. And I'm, I'm 6'1", 240, 245 pounds, depending on before or after breakfast, you know? Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) right. And, um, but I mean, big dudes like Bray was, it was a big dude, like certainly had bigger bones than me. Like he was the bigger dude, you know, like again, right off the gridiron, but he, he, he knew that he's a big guy and that's cool. And he's wanted to work accordingly. But again, like going back to the thing about, well, what should, should I hide it in a singlet? I said, no, like hide it in plain sight, like how I would do the butcher's apron. And I want to say he even had one of those for a minute. Um, but I said like, you know, get some coveralls or get some, like a Hawaiian shirt that's baggy, like like Cape Fear, you mm-hmm. know, and Cape Fear is very much like Charlie Manson, and Charlie Manson needs a family. And when I did all the circus stuff, uh, the the animal masks were really creepy, and you know, and all. And he was like, "Holy shit!" And he would just kind of write it all down and process all that stuff and everything. So happy well, to get almost him. like sin. Like that's almost to me what you're describing is almost the light bulb. Like it, yep. it seems like something, something went, went off. I, I swear to God, sin. It's so incredible of uh, what you're telling me, because again, man, you know, you are a guy that gets it because I have to ask the question 
Because, bro, listen, man, I've been watching for a very, very long time. I have zero, zero confidence in WWE creative. Zero. Because all they could produce are wrestlers that look like wrestlers. They're all wrestlers, bro. There's nothing. And and that's why, bro, like, I, I don't know if anybody else would have given him kind of that direction that you did, bro. And my God, if you didn't have that conversation with him and basically you're, you're, you're telling him, you know, looking at his body type, you know, knowing him a little bit, you know, what you're seeing and what he should start thinking about. And obviously that triggered some things in his mind, bro, without that conversation, I don't know if that character would have ever happened. I, I want to say that I'm, I, I will proudly take credit for just affirming him to be okay with thinking out of the box. Like, you know, sky's the limit. What your imagination brings is what you're going to bring. Like don't need and to this day. I don't train everybody like Ken dolls and Barbie dolls. Like I'll look at what I've got. I kind of joke and I call my classes uh, police Academy. Like you got your tackle berries and your hooks and your high towers and, and your Bobcat gold plates and, you, and all the, and all these different characters. So why should they shouldn't wrestle the same, the, the, yeah. The ninjas did wrestle different than the Viking, than the football player, than the lawyer, than the stripper, than the astronaut. They should all be doing different things. And, and there's always something there to take from, bro. I, you know, you know, sin with me. You know, I, I know you know Edge very well, yeah. bro. Every time Jr. would say to me, Vince, so and so is ready. So now Vince, me, sits down with so and so, bro. I interrogate them. Because I want to find what's deep down here inside, what makes them different from everybody else. And most importantly, what 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 is it that really drives and motivates them? Because they're not actors. They're sure. not actors. So I got to find something that they're comfortable with. So, bro, it's just amazing to me because you could tell here he's a little bit concerned about the body. I mean, yeah. that's what's coming out. And and that's me. Like, if, I, if I'm reading that and I'm picking up on that, the way my mind is working now is, well, how can we take that and make it a positive sure. and, and take that fear he has and totally eliminate it? Yeah, I think he was self-conscious about it, but he was cleverly aware of it. And so he would – I. You know, kind of let him know it was okay to put it out there on purpose, like, you know, hide it in plain sight, like embrace it. Like if Kamala was worried about his tummy, the last, you know, the last thing you should do is. Right, right. You know, do all that. But instead, you just put that right out there. He does this. So everybody goes, yay, he did the tummy, uh, the tummy pat, you know. Yeah, yeah. So I want to say that I, I, again, I wasn't built like Batista, you know, just this blocky kind of guy. But I didn't have, no matter how hard I trained, and I trained real hard, I still do. I never was that, you know, that Brad Pitt physique or whatever you want to call it, you know. So I went with something that worked with that, you know. Like, I don't think the Moondogs or, or, you know, Missing Link was jacked, but I don't think George Steele or the Moondogs or Kamala or anybody like that needed an amazing physique. I remember uh, just one night we're at a show and me and John Morrison are going to wrestle and he's using those little stretchy rubber bands. Right. And I go, you put those fucking things down. Are you wrestling me tonight? Fuck off with that. You know, like you're yeah. already, you look good enough as it is. Yeah. And he just looked up, up at me and he kind of shook his head smiling. And he goes, no matter how you are built, that character will always work. He goes, the second yeah. I don't have abs, 
I'm not getting any fucking bookings. Yeah. And I just look at him and go, keep on stretching with those fucking rubber bands, motherfucker. Yeah. So so now, bro, you you kind of just, you know, let's just say, you know, you you plant the seed. Do, do you start seeing a development? Does he start playing with certain things? He tinkered. He tried different little things. Some stuff uh, would work. And and again, just like any any decent coach or any brother, like I wasn't a coach th- at that time. I was just one of the boys, you know, but I, I never thought to hoard Intel. I thought we're at the same company. We're here to make uh, the company money, ourselves money. Why wouldn't I want to help the guy next to me be as good as he could be? Cause we're going to help. We're going to draw money. Yeah. You know, I don't know. Like I never understood that whole bad Intel burying guys. I never understood that Tennessee back pad about, Hey, how you doing? Like the back pad is, you know, for all the, the, the fans listening, that don't know what that means. It's like, you don't just tap the guy in the shoulder to give him a, a, a good, hey, man, great job. You're just looking for the best, softest spot to stick yep. the, the shiv Absolutely. in, you know? Yep. And and so I just – I never thought like that. Like I thought, man, if, if, if whoever is around me, if they can make me look good and if I can make them look good, we're going to sell tickets. And that, that – you know, bro, that – that you know, for, for all the grief that he takes about being a politician and this, that, and the other thing, bro, that was Hogan's M.O., Hogan looked at guys and, 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 and what he always looked at was who can I make money with? I, I mean, sure. that that's w- without all those guys, bro, the studs and the Bundy's that's, that's the one thing he always looked at. Who can I make money with? Then he's going to make sure he gets them over because the more he gets them over, the more that, that that's just the business way of looking sure. at the business. Sure. Who cares about Thanos without the Avengers? Who cares about right. Luke without Darth? Like you need the yin and the yang, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know that. I think a lot of guys and girls were just so self-conscious and, and especially how it was set up back then, you know, it's different now. Like when I, when I guest coach down there now, it, it's so different. It is so much nicer, but back then it was, what's that old, uh, the, again, using old references, the, the Norm Peterson reference. It's, yeah. uh, it's, uh, you know, Life is dog eat dog, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. You right, know, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so everybody was, you know, looking over their shoulders and all this kind of stuff. I just, I never thought like that. I didn't want to. I didn't want to keep that headspace. Yeah, and I, I didn't. I don't think he was like that either. You know, he just was just trying. Just a guy there trying. I was just a guy there trying. I just, I just had the head start of starting a few years before him. You know, yeah. <clears throat> like so when I got hired, I was about seven years in. Yeah. excuse me and when he got hired he was straight off the gridiron so That's he amazing. had to rely yeah. yeah he had to rely on guys that would give him honest good intel like i know like um uh, again he's slater guys like that would be kind to him and and help him out he very importantly though sin at that age he would also have to be smart enough to know who to trust Sure. Because those those people he's talking to may be the same, like you said, the old Tennessee backslap. Sure. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I was like that. It was very much like that for me too. And and I was older and wiser than than Wyndham. But uh, you know, when I got brought up to SmackDown, there was a lot of great guys giving me great intel, but there was a lot of guys giving me shit intel, like on purpose. Oh yeah. I just oh, kind of yeah. had to realize very quickly that was the way of the world, you know, and. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny, bro, because, you know, one of the perfect stories uh, to me is because he's the nicest freaking guy in the world, man, you know, is, you know, I I worked for many years with Matt Morgan. 
And, you know, Matt Morgan, you know, everybody says, well, yeah, how, how did Matt Morgan never get over? Why did Matt Morgan never get over? Why did Matt Morgan never reach, you know, main event? And Matt would tell me, bro, when when he got called up to the WWE and you got, first of all, you got a guy his size walking around in the back and, and, and sin, I don't know if you know Matt or not, but he's freaking brilliant. So now you got a guy that size smarter than you. He was effed from day one because well, so that, that's the thing. I, 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 wrestled, I wrestled him. Yeah. Tagged with him and I wrestled him. He's the size of my fucking house. Yeah. Right, He's huge. Right, right. Again, no matter how much I work out, I'm not going to be what seven feet tall, whatever right. he is. And so he I was, think what he, happens he, is. Yeah. He, he, and he was too, he was too nice to play the political game. It wasn't sure. in him. It just wasn't in him. Well, also too, like, I, I don't know that you know that you're in that game. Like, again, like I'm not right. a, right. like, I, you know, I, I, I'm a meat eater. I'll eat a cow. I'll eat a chicken, all that stuff. I'm not a sport hunter. I think sport hunting is for pussies. Yeah. You know, like I think, Hey, if you're out there and you're going to hunt just for the, like, if you're going to, if you're going to kill a deer and eat it, you feed your family. Okay. If you're going to protect your family from a wolf. Okay. But if you're just out to kill something just for sport, I'm pretty sure that both parties involved need to know that there's a sport going on. So if you're out there and hunting in the jungle with a tiger, the tiger doesn't know he's, he's in, in the game. Like you got, you got to level the playing field, you know? So if you want to actually be a sport hunter and go out in the jungle with a fucking knife, that tiger's got teeth. You've got a knife. Now both of you have a sporting chance to win, but when the game is one sided. So I think when a lot of old school guys that were smarter than Matt saw a guy like Matt, they're like, well, I'm never going to be seven feet tall. My only chance for him not to steal my spot is I got to fuck him before, before he ever gets momentum. So that was like, they, they turned him into like big game. They hunted him. Got rid of them. Yeah, that is a great, I mean, God, Sin, that is a brilliant, 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 brilliant analogy. Listen, Sin, I hate to do this. When you look like this, you better have a half-decent personality. (laughs) Yeah, Sin, I, I hate to do this to you. Bro, can we come back next week? This this is this is not a one parter. We 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 got we gotta spend a we got we gotta spend some time together next week. Can you can can you do that? I sure can. Absolutely. Because, yeah, see, I, I I listen, I always have to know this when I get sin on. Okay, we're here to talk about Wyndham Rotunda. Rest in peace, bro. But Every time I get in Sin's brain, then my questions start going all over the place. So now it's it's double the amount of time. But Sid, let's 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 pick it up next week. Let's talk about the transition. You know, the 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 sister Abigail uh, conversation is absolutely fascinating. I want to talk about that. Uh, so, bro, if it's cool with you, we'll, sit, we'll come back next week. Absolutely. And that, that's a, that's a heavy, heavy conversation. That's yes. where the conversation gets yes. meaty and dark and heavy and, and important. Yes. And so, yeah, I'd love to do that. I'd love to, to do that respect for Wyndham and, and really yes. let, let the fans that he loved understand what Abigail was. And I, I think it, it'll be as, as cathartic for the fans as it, as it is for me. You know, I, yeah. I think um, I, you know, when I see a wrestler pass away and it's always the shits, it always sucks. You know, and I see a lot of fans that will say, oh, that sucks. Oh, I really like this guy growing up or I like that guy growing up. But very rarely do you see people like, you know, they're crying and they're getting upset over somebody that they've never even met. You know, like right. almost like when people talk, when they think about back about like JFK and I'm not comparing Wyndham to JFK, but just right. something like that where people are like, oh, my God, he's gone. I can't believe it. You know, like for him to generate that kind of a, an emotional oh, response yeah. tells me that he professionally and personally did something right. 
Yeah. Well, guys, we are going to talk about that in part two next week with uh, uh, Sin and myself, and it should be very, very, very interesting. We are going to pay this man the uh, absolute respects that he deserves. So next week, guys, part two. Sin will be back. I hope you'll be back as well. I'll see you then.